of lost things is adjacent to the wonderful land of Oz. The floor of the valley of lost things is covered with pennies and thimbles and pins and scarves and overcoats and hats. Luke chapter 15 is the Bible's valley of lost things because Jesus tells three consecutive parables about four lost things, a lost lamb, a lost coin, and two lost sons, including this second of the two stories, beginning at verse 8. Jesus says, Or what woman among you, having ten silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? When she's found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I found the coin that was lost. Just so, says Jesus, just so I tell you there is joy in the presence of the angels of God when one sinner repents. Pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. My friend George is the most pious Roman Catholic I ever met. George lived across the street from my church in Greenwich, and for some reason he liked me, so he worshipped with the Presbyterians every Sunday morning, but not before he went to Mass at the local parish on Saturday night, the night before. He said his rosary all the time, went to confession every week. By the way, George was born and raised on the south side of Chicago and earned degrees at the University of Chicago and the University of Michigan. Could it get any better than that? George was 89 years old when he died 12 years ago, and by the end, George wasn't seeing very well. With his Coke bottle glasses, he looked a little bit like Mr. Magoo, but he had one of these huge Catholic Bibles the size of a microwave oven, and he was always reading it from cover to cover. The Bible has exactly 1,189 chapters. So if George read one chapter a day, he could get through the entire Bible in three years, three months, and three days. And then he could start over. And he never skipped anything, not even the long list of begats. That's cheating, he said. In the 25 years between his retirement and the day he died, George got through the Bible seven or eight times. Entire Bible, Genesis to Revelation. It's a wonderful spiritual discipline. You could do worse. Full disclosure, I don't read the Bible cover to cover. I read Luke chapter 15. told you last week that Bible scholars sometimes refer to Luke chapter 15 as the gospel within the gospel. And I love that way of thinking about it because Luke chapter 15 is the terse praise the concise abstract to the sprawling dissertation the Bible finally turns out to be from Genesis to Revelation. Instead of taking three years, three months, and three days to read the whole Bible, it takes me three minutes to read Luke chapter 15. The Bible is 1,985 pages long. It has 66 books written by about 50 different people over the span of about a thousand years. But the plot of the Bible, the whole thing from Genesis to Revelation, is ridiculously simple. There are only three cataclysmic but simple and straightforward plot twists in the entire Bible. Step one, God creates the world in unspeakable loveliness. 
Step two, the world gets lost. And step three, in Jesus Christ, God is restoring the world to its original loveliness. In the entire Bible, Genesis to Revelation, God is on a mad mission to find the lost. And so, in Luke chapter 15, Jesus tells these three consecutive stories about lost things. A lost lamb, a lost coin, and two lost sons, including the second story where Jesus asks, which woman among you, having ten coins and losing one, doesn't light a lamp, sweep the house, and scour the corners until she finds it? It's easy to lose a coin, right? Did you see the story from a couple weeks ago about the great dime heist in Philadelphia? Turns out that a truck driver picked up a shipment of $750,000 worth of dimes from the mint in Philadelphia. I'll do the math for you. That's 7.5 million dimes. So he leaves the trailer in a parking lot and thieves make off with $200,000 worth of dimes. I'll do the math for you again. That's 2 million dimes. They weighed 10,000 pounds. Nobody can figure out how they made off with something weighing that much or what they're going to do with two million dimes. It's easy to lose a coin, right? Have you ever been dropped? Maybe they don't even miss you. Maybe you're a coin that's been dropped. Somebody estimates that there are about 300 billion coins laying on the ground in America. I'll do the math for you again. That means that... If every one of these coins was just a penny, there is a fortune worth $3 billion lying on the beaches, in the sewers, the gutters, underneath your furniture at home, and beneath vending machines in the United States. Go out and find it. I often walk the dog past the high school, and then I return to the church through that little pocket park in Winnetka, across the street from the Indian Hill train station, you know. And so I'm walking the dog. I I read the New York Times while I'm walking along, but I have to glance down because I saw this glint of silver shining up from a sidewalk gap. And I bend down and I pick up a quarter and a dime. The quarter was minted in 1993 and the dime was minted in 1998, and I will bet you anything that that, those coins have been there for 25 years just waiting for somebody to find them and return them to circulation. These are them. I keep them as holy relics, tiny, shiny, silver emblems of God's relentless, searching grace. Maybe you've been dropped. Maybe your first schoolboy crush dropped you like a hot frying pan in the seventh grade and broke your heart and you've been scarred ever since maybe you'd been married for 16 years but your husband thought of you as a dime and found a quarter instead she's 15 years younger Maybe you've dreamed of attending the University of Virginia since you were a sophomore in high school, but somebody in the Charlottesville admissions department dropped your application and you got a thin envelope instead of a fat one. We regret to inform you. Maybe your husband dropped dead of a heart attack at 49 and there you are with three college tuitions to pay for and no job. He dropped dead, but you were dropped too. 
Somebody's trying to find you. Would it spoil your image of God if you saw her as one of those odd folk scouring the sand at Centennial Beach with a metal detector? There she is, scouring the beach for your existence. Notice, by the way, that Jesus' image for God in this little story is a woman. There are half a million American children living in foster homes or waiting to live in foster homes. Some of them are very difficult to place, especially if they're older than 10 years old, if they have special needs, or if they are African-American. You know that television show Extreme Makeover where this team of dangerously skilled contractors will redo a home for a poor family in about a week? One Sunday evening in St. Louis, social worker Melanie Sheets was watching Extreme Makeover. And she asks herself, how can they do this in a matter of days? And then she answers her own question. It's not superior technology. It's superior planning. It's lining up the right people on the same page at the right place and the right time who have the resources to help and do something wonderful. So Melanie Sheets starts dreaming and she comes up with this organization called, beautiful thing, this organization called Extreme Recruitment. Ordinarily, of course, it takes a contractor months to build a house, but these people from Extreme Makeover can do it in a few days. Ordinarily, it takes the social services system one to five years to find a family for a foster kid. Extreme Recruitment wants to shorten that waiting period to less than 20 weeks. How do they do it? They go out and look for the lost. Not for the lost lamb or the lost coin. They have the lost lamb. They have the lost child. They go out and scour the landscape of, of America for the lost relatives of this foster child. You know, a kid growing up with strangers will always be a foster kid, but if he grows up with relatives, he becomes Aunt Rita's nephew, right? And the alien stigma of lostness vanishes. So in many ways, Claire was a normal American teenager. She's pretty and stylish. She's on the dance team at her high school in St. Louis. She gets good grades. She wants to be a lawyer. But in her childhood, Claire was neglected and abused. And in her teen years, she's been through six different foster homes or group homes. She is black. She's 14 years old which means that she's four short years away from aging out of the social service system and all the terrible trouble that follows. She's got this long file with the social services agency. Over all those years, her caseworkers managed to find six of Claire's lost relatives. And then when extreme recruitment took over her case, they sent their private investigators to scour the landscape of America and they found 80 more of Claire's relatives. 80 more, including Stephanie, a 31-year-old divorced police detective with three children of her own. Stephanie is the ex-wife of Claire's cousin. 
Now, how's that for a shirt tail relative? The ex-wife of Claire's cousin. Related to Claire, not by birth or blood, but by marriage. A marriage that's over. But Stephanie said to herself, what the heck? I've got the resources, why not? And now Stephanie is proud of bragging about Claire's 3.9 GPA. She wants to take Claire to New York City to visit Stephanie's brother, who is a lawyer, which is what Claire wants to be one day. These extreme recruitment people will not give up. They sweep the corners, they move the furniture, they heave the vending machine aside until they come up with their treasure. They wave their magic wand metal detectors over the sand until that metal detector starts beeping like an alarm clock. It's just the smallest earthly emblem, the vaguest human hint, the humblest harbinger of the vast, spacious, relentless, irrepressible, searching, searching, searching love of God who will not give up until she finds that lost tenth coin and it's safely deposited in God's piggy bank. Verse 